Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the weekly Thursday morning edition of the Household Express, a program dedicated to all your homemaking needs. I am Sister Amara and co-hosting the program with me is Chef Sakyat Kari and we're delighted to be in your company up to 11 a.m. this morning. Assalamu alaikum, Sakya. I hope, you, hope you're keeping well, Sakya. Alhamdulillah, we are in you. Slightly cooler today, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, such a blessing. Alhamdulillah, yes. Hope you all, the listeners, are keeping well and having a lovely, blessed day. Well, there's lots, lots to look forward to in today's program. First up, an interview with Sister Rahima Khan, and the topic is Sisterhood and the Love of Good Food. So a lovely guest, a lovely topic, and I must say a lovely guest, because Sister Rahima is sitting in in the studios with us. So Alhamdulillah, we haven't had a guest for a while that's joining us in the studio. So today our guest decided to join us in the studio all the way from Germiston. Jazakallah for that, Rahima. Well, in the cooking segment, Zakia, what can we look forward to today? So today we're going a bit off topic and we've been speaking about everything Ramadan. Ramadan is now only a few days away. Um, so we are going to be talking about cheeses because why you can you get cheese has become so versatile um, we can use it in so many ways um, so we're going to explore the different types of cheeses and how you can enjoy it and how you can accompany it with other items etc and inshallah that will be our topic for today yes uh, certainly and our in our recipe that you can look forward to today later on in the program is a grilled chicken uh, recipe a lovely quick meal for Ramadan and that's courtesy of our guest who is in the studio, Sister Rahima Khan and our interactive question today is share with us one kitchen tip or hack that always works for you, also share with us the very first meal you prepared all by yourself and we also welcome your cooking, baking, savory making questions or concerns 072-786-1548 now Sister Rahima Khan is a dynamic student who finds herself escaping the busy world by exploring recipes and creating memories. Her love for cooking is one that can be felt, as you will note, as soon as the interview starts. Today we chat about cooking, baking, and of course looking for household tips from our guests. Assalamu alaikum, Rahima. How are you? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm well. How are you? Alhamdulillah, Rahima. Jazakallah for coming all the way out from Germiston and joining us in the studio today. It's really lovely having you here today. I feel so excited to be here today. Jazakallah Rahima. And uh, well, you are a young student who attracted you to, who attracted you to the kitchen. How did your journey start? Tell us about it. Okay, so my uh, mother allowed me to watch her be in the kitchen. All I could do was observe because I'm a lot Lamaki and there are a lot of siblings before me. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, she was quite skeptical about me being in the kitchen. So as I grew older, I would only cook very simple dishes and that was about it. My actual journey started five years ago after my mother's demise, may Allah grant her Jannah. I was hit with the reality that I need to start preparing meals for my family. My sister plays a pivotal role in this and here I am confidently saying that the kitchen is my happy place. Yes, and you know, Rima, I can see you look so confident. You really do look confident. And I think Lark Lamakis are always very special. Yes. Uh, they're very special as well. And um, I think they're close to the parents as well. They're very spoiled, I must say, yes. 
be very spoiled, okay? <laughs> yes. Now, um, Rayma, your sister plays a big role in your passion for cooking. How do you handle each other in the kitchen without having a bad moment? I must say we do have our moments. We often try to remind each other that we will make mistakes and there are different ways of doing stuff, but it's okay as long as you know what you're doing. And the main thing is to learn from each other. Okay, Alhamdulillah, that's good, yes. Now, Rayma, what are some common cooking mistakes that beginners make and how can we avoid or rectify them? You know, I think when you're just a beginner in the kitchen, you tend to make lots and lots of mistakes, you know. So, uh, like simple cooking mistakes for beginners, how can they perhaps rectify it by, you know, I think the first thing we probably do is also if you're a beginner in cooking, is like oversalting the food, you know. Yes. So how can they remedy that? Okay, so it's quite okay to make mistakes. I think if you're oversalting the food, you would need to add a little sugar or vinegar to it. Okay. And, and for example, if it's too sweet, then you would need to also add a little vinegar to it. If your rice is too sticky, then you add like lukewarm water. So this is a very common one. I know like when you're cutting onions, and mm -hmm. once you're done and your hands get all smelly and strong, then you would need to rinse your hand with cold water and take a stainless steel spoon and rub your hands under cold water and then the smell would go away. Okay, we're going to chat more about it later because I've got some questions here uh, that I've actually came across from the other groups as well and to remedy that problem. You know, when you're working with green chilies, your hands tend to burn and things like that. So I've got some remedies for that as well. Now, um, Rahima, in your opinion, what are some emerging food trends or ingredients that people should keep an eye on? I know that there are many food trends like uh, the multicultural meals because you're going to look for exotic flavors and diverse meals. There's also food for your gut, benefits that's beyond your digestive health, uh, for your brain support, your mood, your sleep, it reduces some illnesses. There's also functional foods to boost, uh, to boost your immunity, which is beyond uh, basic nutrition. So you can look out for... Uh, spicy food, I know that helps when you're not well. Mm -hmm. uh, to boost your immunity would be like your ginger. So always keep an eye on these ingredients, especially like when you're unwell. Normally the prices would increase, so it's best to buy a few when you know the prices have dropped. All right, okay. And uh, Rahima, could you share with us one kitchen hack for this week? It always works for you. Okay, so there are many hacks. And I chose this one because, you know, when you're in the kitchen, sometimes you can be sidetracked or maybe the phone rings and your food gets burnt. Or when you're underneath the, the pan yes. or maybe the pot, it, your burnt stain. Yes, yes. yes. Sometimes it's very hard to remove. Mm -hmm. So this is what I do. So I turn over the pan. I sprinkle a pinch of salt, a pinch of baking powder, a few drops of dishwashing liquid, like around the pot, and I mix it around, mm -hmm. and then I put a few pieces of uh, tissue, or maybe a thin cloth, so that it could dissolve, and then I pour a quarter cup of white vinegar, and I leave it for around 30 minutes, mm -hmm. and I just wipe it off. If it's too much, 
Then I repeat if necessary, and then I wash it like normal. Okay. You mentioned basting powder, okay? Yes. Now, the sort of saying bicarbonate of soda also works very well for this. Yes. yes. So you can add that as mm -hmm. well. If you don't have baking powder, then you can just add bicarbonate Bicar of soda, yeah. Right. And uh, especially now, you know, with, with, with the load shedding, some of you leaving a pot on the stove, on an electric stove or the gas stove, and then it's a load shedding probably comes back now and you probably left the stove on again and you actually forgot and you find your rice burnt, your chops burnt. Yes. How would you remedy that burnt rice? How would you remedy if your, if your, if your rice is burnt? Would you put a slice of bread on the top to absorb the burnt smell or would you perhaps would just empty the rice out that has been burnt? I would think to empty the rice out because it doesn't take a long time to make rice. Mm. Mm -hmm. So while your rice is boiling, you can do other stuff in the kitchen. Maybe wash up the dishes or cut up vegetables. Mm. There's a lot of things that you can do while you're making rice. And before you know it, your rice is done. You could strain it. it well, it all depends how you make your rice. Okay. Well, let's go back to your journey of cooking. You know, like you said, your, your mom had passed away and now you to take over uh, in the kitchen to sort out the other siblings as well. So, you know, what if you, you, what was the meal that you actually prepared for your siblings, you know? How did you get along making, maybe cooking for more people than less people? How did you go about adjusting that? Did you learn on your own? Did you take advice from perhaps other aunties uh, or elderly ladies in the family? Or did you just probably just learn on your own? This is a very interesting question. I think I would watch my siblings cook. And then while they were cooking, they would ask me to maybe peel something for them or wipe the counter. But I'd always be in the kitchen because I wanted to learn because it is a basic role. I would also follow people on social media. I would ask a lot of questions. And I know like people don't really like to answer questions, mm -hmm. well, most of them. But my siblings were very supportive mainly at the fact that they knew that I needed to cook and I needed to learn. The one thing that helped me was to be observe, uh, mm -hmm. observant. Mm -hmm. And I'm very observant, so it was a lot more easier in that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you start off with the simple dishes? And, you know, where are you now in your cooking journey? Do you make, like, your savouries on your own? Have you cooked for more people, for big amounts of people, compared to, you know, when your mommy just passed away? So I would cook for a family of three, mm -hmm. I would only use a medium-sized pot because that was enough. And I went along that. And then when there were visitors or I knew that there were guests or some special occasion, then I would volunteer to cook. And I grew from that. So I get really excited when there's lots of guests because that's my opportunity to be in the kitchen. I do make simple meals because mm -hmm. I like simple food. But if there's a need for me to make, like, for example, biryani for maybe 10 people, I would be happy to do that because I know that there's certain quantities of ingredients to use. Okay, lovely. Like, so I think you know. You, you, I think you've, you've done well for yourself, you know, and I think we've got, got chefs that can studio. Yes. She cooks for lots and lots of people, you know. So I think yeah, for cooking for 10 people is like basically nothing, you know. Yes. And um, 
you know, I think it's also good advice that you can perhaps share out there with uh, newly wedded brides out there now. Uh, you know, just starting off in the kitchen, cooking, yeah. and um, identifying spices, going out shopping, and uh, now Ramadan time coming, you know, making your savouries, prepping your meals ahead of uh, Ramadan. Have you started your Ramadan prep? I haven't as yet, mm -hmm. but I'm really excited for Ramadan, so I think I need to start as soon as possible, so probably this weekend. Okay, inshallah, inshallah. And did you learn to make savouries from your late mommy as well? Yes, I did. Okay, alhamdulillah, that's good, yes. Now, you're going to share with us one uh, lovely recipe of yours that's a very, uh, it's a uh, grilled chicken. It's for a lovely quick meal for Ramadan, so please go ahead and share the recipe with us. Okay, so before I start with my recipe, I want to say a little did you know. Did you know that eating chicken makes it ideal for people who want to lose weight, maintain muscle mass, and improve recovery? The fatter the cuts, like the thigh, the drumstick, and the wings, have more calories, which makes them better for people wanting to build muscle or gain weight. Mm, good tip, yes, lovely. Okay. And I think there's a, there's a lot of uh, uh, vitamins in chicken, you know. Yes. Um, I just heard now the other day that chickens are going to be scarce. People are stocking up on chickens. Also, now with the load shedding issue, now you're going to stage four, you know. So I think it's better to just buy, buy your chickens fresh for a few days, freeze it and throw it out and use it quickly because now, you know, it, this load shedding is so uncertain. Mm -hmm. It was stage six, then we went to stage one, then we went to stage two, and then today it's again stage four, and we can just ask Allah Ta'ala, but grant us afya, inshallah. Mm -hmm. Okay, over to Rahima for the grilled chicken recipe. Okay, so my recipe is quite simple, as many would think, but quick healthy meals during Ramadan is important. This saves us time for extra ibadah and time for our family. So I chose this recipe because it's a lot easier. I would suggest that one would marinate the chicken pieces overnight with the following ingredients. Of course, you can use your own spices and your own methods, but this works well for me. You could use 85 grams of plain yogurt, or if you don't have that, you can use mayonnaise. You can use two tablespoons of garlic, two tablespoons of ginger, or maybe one tablespoon would be fine. You can use two lemon, uh, two a tablespoon of lemon juice, two tablespoons of oil, two and a half teaspoon of salt, two teaspoon of chili powder, which is based on your preference. Because I know a lot of people love to mix the chili powders. You can use two teaspoon of cumin powder, two teaspoon of fennel powder, one teaspoon, well, rather one tablespoon or a lot more uh, of different sauces that you prefer. I would say mustard sauce, one teaspoon of garam masala or what you prefer, one teaspoon of paprika, one teaspoon of turmeric, and a quarter teaspoon of black pepper. And next, you would need to cut your seasonal vegetables in cubes or what you prefer as well. So your seasonal re uh, vegetables are butternuts, carrots, potatoes, your pumpkins, Whatever you have, maybe you're picking up something from the garden mm. or you have some fro uh, frozen vegetables. So this can be mixed with marinade overnight or it can be uh, mixed while you're cooking. But all of this is based on preference. 
This recipe can be cooked in an oven or air fried, which a lot of people love because it saves time. You can cook this on low or medium heat. The estimated cooking time for this is 35 minutes. You garnish with mint or coriander. You can serve with garlic naan. So for a lot of people, this uh, may be different. So an easy thing for a lot of people out there, especially during Ramadan, because you want to save on time because you have mm -hmm. other things to do, you can buy bread dough. You can buy it from Pig and Pay, you can buy it from Frontline, you can buy it from Spa. You keep it in the fridge, you can perhaps add your fillings in it and put it in the oven or the air fryer. If you'd like, you can brush it with melted clarified butter known as uh, ghee, sorry. Uh, you can put it in oil. You can also roast your sesame seeds and brush it over or perhaps even garlic. Now with this uh, bread dough, you can also make pizzas or any savories that you would like to make. Here's a lovely recipe and I must um, you know, check more about this recipe. Uh, you can make it in the air fryer as you say. So for how long can you make it in the air fryer? I would say 30 minutes mm -hmm. uh, on 180 degrees. Okay, and before you make, before you put it in the air fryer, for how long must it be marinated in the air fryer? Sorry, for how long must it be marinated? It can be marinated overnight. So this makes it a lot more easier when it's time to be cooked. Okay, okay, lovely. And uh, you know, you're, you're talking about the garlic naan. Just last week, Sakya and I were talking about East Doze as well. And we've got some lovely, perfect weather for East Doze as well. So um, it'll be nice to uh, make up your own East Doze. Like I, I, last week, uh, we spoke about the 10-minute Arabic dough. Have you tried it out, Rahima? No, I haven't. We have yet. to try the recipe. It's so easy to make. And it's a lovely, lovely soft dough. And the recipe, dearest listeners, is on the Radio Islam website. You can go on to radioislam.co.za. All the lovely recipes are on the website. Jazakallah for this lovely recipe, Rahima. Okay, we're going to go for a short break now. When we come back, we're going to go on to the cooking segment, and we're talking all about cheese. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome back. Let's go on to the cooking segment. But before we go on to the cooking segment, our interactive program, uh, interactive question, sorry about that. Share with us one kitchen tip or hack that always works for you. Also share with us the very first meal you prepared all by yourself. We'd love to hear from you. Zero seven two seven eight six fifteen forty eight. And we also welcome your cooking, baking, savory making questions or concerns. Once again, the WhatsApp number is zero seven two seven eight six fifteen forty eight. Okay, we're talking about all about cheese. Uh, Zakia and I've got Sister Rahima Sheikh, uh, not Rahima Sheikh, Rahima Adam in the studio with us, our guest. So um, we're talking about cheese now. Cheese is a dairy product produced in a range of flavors, textures, and forms by coagulation of the milk protein. And I'm going to leave the rest to you, Zakia. Abba, why are you stealing my introduction? <laughs> did we go on the same website? <laughs> we did. <Yeah. laughs> Coincidence. So, okay. So, cheese is basically a dairy product, as we all know. And like Abba mentioned, it's... A product that consists of many different flavors, textures, and forms of congulation of the milk protein, right? Um, it comprises of proteins and fats from milk, but did you know that cheese uh, texture, the cheese flavor, and um, the, the process um, 
that it goes through defines the different types of cheeses. Number one. Number two is um, the flavor of your cheese actually is very prominent from uh, where the milk comes from, right? Where, what do we mean by where does the milk come from? Does the milk come from a cow, a buffalo, a goat, or from sheep? So the different animals give off different flavors of cheese, right? Second of all, the diet that the animal follows as well helps in producing the flavor of the cheese. Very important. Yes, the diet what the animal follows is so true. You can say it again, yes. The diet that anyone follows is so important. But you know, talking about the diet the animal follows, you know when we're coming to almost Kurbani time, yes. and then we have interviews with the farmers, and it's so important to say what you, what, what, what you must actually feed your animal on. Mm-hmm. It's so, so important because the product of your meat that you will get. So it's the same thing what the animal is fed on, that's the product of cheese you will get. Because Correct. that milk will be, uh, go through a whole lot of uh, tests and how to make a cheese. It's whole process. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. So basically, during the production, milk is usually acidified where they add different types of acids and either the enzymes of rennet or bacterial enzymes with similar activity are added to cause the milk to congulate, right? Um, That's what helps um, form the solids, right? The solid curds are then separated from the liquid, which is called whey, and then pressed into finished cheeses such as uh, all your different types of cheeses. Some cheeses have um, aromatic molds on the rinds and the outer layers or throughout, right? Then, if you go into different types of cheeses, there are thousands of types of cheeses, right? Uh, produced over various centuries. Their styles, their textures, their flavors all depend on the origin of the milk, the continent, the butterfat content, the bacteria used, the mold mm. that was used, what spices and herbs, um, the wood. Um, so obviously in today's times we don't use wood a lot. We you, we have stainless steel um, equipment, uh, but obviously back in time they didn't have stainless steel equipment. They used wooden barrels, wooden um, wooden uh, containers in sto- storage, which added an added taste, texture, and uh, flavor to your product. Right. So basically that's um, your basic of. Um, cheese. Uh, cheeses are very easy to make. They consist of whole milks, um, salts, vinegars, lemon juice, uh, why so, uh, lemon juice and vinegars, that's to add the acid into it, right? Other milks we add in sugars, then we can add in flavors, spices, herbs, etc. And you can make your own cheeses at home. Very easy. Uh, it's just consists of uh, being very precise. Mm-hmm. So making cheese is not difficult. Making cheese is quite fun. But you have to have patience, number one. And number two is um, you have to uh, be very precise in your measurements and quantities, right? Apart from that, making cheeses are really fun. Um, I'm telling you this from experience. You don't always have to go out and purchase. Yes. You, you, so I know if you go onto Instagram and YouTube, you'll find people making cheese using other cheese, right? Okay. They add it to milk and then they add other, they, they either add acids, etc. And then they like, 
um, you know, 200 grams of cheese has made two kilos of cheese. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking of taking milk, taking spices, taking acids and making cheeses, right? But let's go into looking at some of the world's most popular cheeses that we have, right? So if I ask you as a listener, what's... Uh, what cheese is in your fridge? You're probably going to tell me sweet milk cheese or gouda cheese or mozzarella cheese. Feta cheese, yes. Feta <laughs> okay. cheese because you're going to use it for salads. Right. Feta okay. cheese, ricotta, parmesan for your, for your pastas, your cream cheese, your cottage cheese, um, you know. And what I've noticed is our community is actually um, expanding their pellets. They are actually experimenting with your brie cheese, your camembert cheese, all of these cheeses, making sticky cheese on, uh, on cheese sticks and stuff like that, right? Especially with cheese boards as well. Yes, and cheese boards are lovely, right? So these are all your different types of cheeses, right? Um, they all fall under just a few ranges. They fall under your fresh cheeses. Uh, fresh cheeses would be your Danish fetas, would be your cream cheese, your cottage cheese. Then you get your soft cheeses, and then you get your semi-soft cheeses, and your semi-firm cheeses, and your hard cheeses, right? Remember the longer, so this is not with your normal store-bought cheese. This is with proper um you know, authentic made cheeses, not processed cheese. The longer um, you keep, um, I'd say, artisanally made cheese, mm -hmm. the better the flavor and um, the more intensified the flavor, right? Uh, cheese appears very well with certain meats, certain drinks, etc. We always know, like, you know, whenever you're having a cheese tasting, uh, they'll always compare it with wine. And yes. wine, they'll always say, no, you need to compare it with cheese. Mm -hmm. But obviously, we don't do wine. So there are different other drinks as well that you can compare your cheeses with, like your apple juice, your grape juice, your different types of grape. Uh, juices and mm -hmm. apple juices, fruit juices, etc. They also do intensify and enhance the flavor of cheese in your mouth. So um, those are basically um, your your go about Swiss cheese. So let's talk about um, making a lovely. Uh, sources with cheese right before you go into that Sakia, sorry to yes. come in here mm -hmm. i think it's important also you know there's some cheese that are halal and some that are not halal i think it's most most important so where our halal and our haram comes in very importantly with the cheese is because of the rind around the cheese mm -hmm. um the the content so yes certain cheeses are not halal uh other cheeses are halal but they become haram due to the contamination because of the the casing mm -hmm. right um but alhamdulillah we're in a country where it's so easy for us to find everything halal because why we have all our different halal certifying bodies available making life so easy, easy for, for us, us you know it's yes. at the click of a button on our phone if we're unsure to check it um we can call in and find out you can go onto their website, website or you can just look on the product and 99 percent of the time you find um the stems on the products so 
like for example you're going to say but you know cheese just consists of milk acids spices flavorings so how is it haram so it's like water you know many people say why do you need a halal stamp on water but the process in which it goes through before it's bottled can have contamination happening mm -hmm. so that's why many times um, we also have to be very careful when it comes to um, our cheeses apart so someone might say but I don't buy cheese with uh, with rind coverings or the plastic coatings I just buy normal um, cheese in the blocks or stuff like Vacuum that cheese. but mm -hmm. it's the process in which it goes through that sometimes uh, nullifies it from being Mm-hmm. Now, um, maybe we can ask Rahima to come in here. You know, how, how can cheese be used in cooking, Rahima? It can be used in various ways. There's a lot of ways to learn how to incorporate it with uh, your different foods. What would you say uh, cheese can be used in? It can be used in your pastas. It can be used in your savouries. It depends how creative you are. Yes, certainly. Okay. Uh, and I know you can make a cheese sauce depending on what cheese you want to use, your halloumi fries, your toasted cheese, you know, everyone's favorite, a quick toasted cheese, you know, uh, any time snacker is a toasted cheese. And uh, it can be used on like a, your pastas, your cottage pies on top. Um, you can, cheese is being used in processed foods today, like your sausages, your bologna, your casseroles, and things like that. Right. And, you know, um, it's a, and it's the different types of cheeses that are being used. I mean, if you look at um, the basic, the invention of cheese in a savory, the cheese samosa, there's so many variations of adding. Other people add Gouda cheese, other people add cheddar cheese. Other people feel you need to add mozzarella cheese because cheddar cheese doesn't melt. Some feel the mozzarella, gouda doesn't Mozzarella, gouda and cheddar, they use that three cheeses. Right. Some people add pieces of feta, then you have paneer cheese which you can crumble in, you know. Mm. You, I mean, uh, paneer is a cheese which you can, um, first of all, doesn't even work as a cheese. It goes totally opposite. It's, it's, it's literally a cheese. Its compounds consist of a cheese process. It's part of the cheese family, but um, it's more for vegetable. And if you look at paneer, there's a huge process in going making paneer. So it's pa made with a muslin cloth, so I'm not mistaken. You can buy paneer off the shelf as well so in those fridges if yes. you go into your Indian supermarket. And it's actually very tasty. Indeed, and basically all your cheeses um, is your milk, your acids, your salt, your spices, whatever, and then it all goes through a heating process where it varies is from your quantities of acid and your heating, right? Um, so it depends on the level of heat, and then adding it through a, um, so you see in if you're making it at home, to use a muslin cloth would be perfect because we don't have the equipment that um, is required, right? But for the quantity that we are making, the muslin cloth works perfectly. So you put it into your muslin cloth. You can put it into a into a into a normal um, rice strainer and you allow it to drain right all the liquid coming out first of all you collect you can use that in making all your yeast doughs lovely then um 
After it's drained out nicely, you need to put it into a new dry muslin cloth and leave it in the fridge to set for at least eight hours. Too much of a process, no, thank you. <laughs> okay, let's talk about um, how to store cheese. Okay, I feel that, you know, people are just buying cheese enough to use, maybe for a few days and then buy again, because um, cheese goes off very quickly. And how would you know cheese is going off? It starts smelling, it's got whiting, it starts getting those green molds. So uh, this is a tip that I've learned um, while studying. My lecturer always said, and this is a tip for many things, even in baking, right? Wipe down your container or wipe down your whisk, your mixing bowl with vinegar. A clean uh, paper towel with vinegar. Wipe down your cheese container with that. Wipe down your cheese block with vinegar. It helps prolong the, the shelf life. For how long would it stay? It can go three weeks to a month. So you wipe down your whole container with white vinegar. Wipe down your whole block but of now, cheese. Oh, yes, but you're not going to leave like vinegar now, like wettish. No, no, no. You 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 wipe down your cheese because why? Vinegar is antibacterial, mm -hmm. and then your container here is, is is wiped down also without bacteria. So it's in a sealed container. In the fridge, and it can stay um, three weeks to a month. Going to try that. Is that for all cheeses or just specific ones? So obviously you can't do that with your cream cheese, your no, cottage no, no, cheese, no. your feta cheese, unfortunately, uh, because your feta cheese stays in the way, right? Okay. Uh, your cottage cheese. In. So look, um, if you're going to use your cottage cheese and your cream cheese in cooking and not in baking or making desserts, you can freeze your cream cheese and cottage yes, cheese, yes, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to your other cheese, say for example, you're just a family of two people or four, maybe two adults, two kids, right? How much cheese can four people eat? Not a lot, right? So I know the famous size blocks that we find is 800 grams, 900 grams, gouda, cheddars, tasses, mozzarella, etc. You can take half the block, cut it, and freeze it, or you can take it, grate it, and freeze it grated. Mm -hmm. Then you can take, if it's grated, it's so much easier to use because it's grated already. You like just make it loose with your fingers and then you put it onto your sandwich, you put it onto your pizza, or you put it into your sauce. Within minutes, it's melting. Okay, all right. Okay, let's go to our, our WhatsApp questions. The sister says, um, Trust in Allah's mercy, people are well with Apia. Yes, sister, we are well, and you. I'm so disappointed in my biscuits. After it's baked, it, after it's baked, they are buttery on the sides. Could it be the result of not adding eggs to the recipe? Kindly advise. The sister says after she bakes her biscuits, they are buttery on the sides. Mm. Um, after it's baked, they are buttery on the sides. Could it be the result of not adding eggs to the recipe? No, I think that's just the result of uh, a very high fat content. Content, yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe too much so you, butter yes. and less flour. Yes. Because some biscuits don't have egg as an ingredient. No, egg, egg, egg is only a form of binder. Yes, okay. For the listeners who need the WhatsApp number 072-786-1548, share with us your kitchen tips or hacks. It always works for you. Also share with us the very first meal you prepared all by yourself. And we also welcome your cooking, baking, savory making questions or concerns as well. Okay, a short break. When we come back, we're talking more about cheese. Stay tuned.
Assalamu alaikum and welcome back. Well, we were talking about teas before the break, and I've got Sister Chef Sakia in the studio with me, our co-host, and I've got uh, Sister Rahima Khan, our guest, in the studio with us. And we're taking all your WhatsApp questions. This one, Sister Aisha says, how do I dry my coriander tanya after washing? Okay, Sister, very simple. Put it into a salad spinner. It works wonders. Put, wash your tanya out nicely. Put it into a salad spinner and it works wonders. Then what you can do after that, you can chop it up. What I did about two weeks back, I put it into the major mix and then I put it into a container and I freezed it. And it's so, so nice. It works out. If we, just to garnish your foods, just take a little bit out of the freezer, put it over your food. It's lovely. It works well. So use a salad spinner. Have you tried it, Zakia Rahima? I have. I've seen, I've seen it on... I think Instagram or TikTok, and that's where I, where I picked up the, the trick. Okay. Uh, another listener says, please advise with regard to kebab. Some recipes say to bar-bake. What is the reason for baking kebabs or cutlet beforehand? Um, you don't have to bake it or uh, fry it beforehand. That's just a personal preference. It's just easier if you bar-bake it or you even fully bake it. Uh, when you take it out, you can just give it a, a fry again if you want. Put it into the air fryer to reheat it up. Uh, it just saves time. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you're making your kebab, it's always a good idea to add in a teaspoon of baking powder. I always add in a teaspoon of baking powder. Makes it light and fluffy. Makes it light and fluffy, yes. Mm -hmm. Also, make sure your onions, uh, all the water is out. Because if your moisture draws in your kebab, it's going to go, it won't be firm. Mm. But you find in chicken kebabs firm very quickly because of the chicken. The chicken ones is dry. Yes, yes. Do you, you put I'm baking powder into your kebabs, Hima? Yes, I do. You do, okay. And you also uh, pre-bake your kebabs? Yes, we do because it's a lot more easier for us. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I suppose different recipes, you, you find so many kebab recipes, you know. Okay. Then the same listener was no, says, please advise, what is the ratio for sugar and water when making fresh juices? So, yeah, that's your expertise on that. So, it's one liter of water to one cup of sugar, depending on the fruit that you are using. Okay. So, Just repeat that again, please. One liter of water. It's a liter of water. To one cup of sugar. Okay, and that's your syrup. Okay, so you don't have to make it a syrup. You can just liquidize it even, you know. Okay. And it works perfectly fine. Okay, then the sister is sent in a, a, a recipe for a bacteria spring rolls. You can fill samosas or spring rolls with this uh, bacteria filling recipe. She says... So that's something that I've been coming about. People are filling this. spring rolls and people are filling moons with bacteria. Then I came across a recipe um, on Instagram. Somebody posted um, the Haji Ali Pies. Different. It's nice to try that out. It's yes. nice to try the Haji Ali Pie. You use the same filling exact same filling as a hajjali sandwich and you just make it into pies so you can make it into an ala porata you can make it into a, a, a using a 10 minute arabic dough as well you can make it into a samosa as well ok 
Okay. So, so Shemima says, I have leftover potato from potato samosa. Can I roll, round, dip breadcrumbs and fry in oil this evening? Yes, you can. You can also take that filling, and we spoke about this, uh, I think, last week or the week before. You can take that lovely filling. You can dip it into just your normal bhajia batter, with, um, which is your chana flour with your spices um, that you make with your water. Dip it in there, and you have like a potato bhajia as well. Yes, the filling you can make into round balls, but put it into the freezer. Yes, okay. to firm up a bit. Yes. Or, you know, they also call it, uh, you know, because everybody's traveling so much nowadays, um, they're calling it, um, what's it, something batata. Um, what do they call the it? The other day I seen it, uh, someone was advertising it and selling it uh, for uh, as a snack. Uh, maybe the listeners can assist us with it, right? I think it's, yeah, but I just remember the batata part. But it's like basically it's a potato bhajia, but it's not with a dusk potato. It's where it's um, your like a filling, uh, your your samosa filling, and um, your your potato is mashed up and spiced up lovely, and then they dipping it into a batter and frying it. Okay. Then this listener says, uh, my daughter needs to eat low fat cheese. We are unable to find low fat cheese. Please advise. Uh, Low-fat cheeses are mostly in your spreadable cheeses, not your not your hard cheeses. Mm-hmm. Um, you find them when your cream cheese, your cottage cheese, um, not you. Unfortunately, you don't find them in Gouda, cheddar, etc. Okay. Then this one wants in, another sister wants to know: Do you have a nice Matibaji cake recipe? Yes, there is a Matibaji Lagan recipes on our website. Go to roadislam.co.za and uh, you find all the lovely recipes. Okay, it is called patata vada. Okay. Jazakallah for the sister who sent that in. Jazakallah We really appreciate it. Okay, yeah, okay. And the sister actually sent in. She actually makes it on a Saturday as well. Oh, it looks so mouth-watering. If you look at the picture. Yes. <laughs> and then she says you can also make vada pao with a kind of veg burger. Lovely, yes, okay. And uh, yes, okay, sister is still typing there. So Jazakallah for assisting us with that name. You know, when it comes to uh, Gujarati and Hindi and Urdu, I am completely lost. I think it's a case, yeah. It's, I think when you watch a lot of food channels and food, food If it's got trans- translation on, it's fine. Yeah, you know? and then you, lo- you learn to pick up a lot. lot yes. A lot of mm-hmm. things that I do find is, you know, like spices, like one spice has so many different names. names. Yes, the spice we know the names. You know? Yes. And because of that, like, it's like you you get lost. Yes. Okay, and then uh, Sister Tyra, I said you can make cheese balls, okay? Uh, cheese balls with it as well. So there's a lovely uh, recipe she sent in with potatoes, carrots, and your dunya, your chopped greens as well. So inshallah, we're going to look at the recipe again and perhaps share it with the listeners as well. And again, you need lots of breadcrumbs as well, okay? And talking about breadcrumbs, you can make your own breadcrumbs by just getting yourself a packet of uh, corn breadcrumbs, put it into your medium, which you can able to salt, your chili powder, your herbs, and then you have your own breadcrumbs. Because sometimes the one, I'm not saying it is, but for some people, they get put an allergic reaction to the store-bought ones, the name brand ones. 
And it's also cost-effective to make your own breadcrumbs as well. It's, it's much more cost-effective. And I also, I find that the store-bought ones don't have so much flavor. Yes, if you make your own and you keep it in the fridge and it works well. And then you can freeze your breadcrumbs. You can freeze your breadcrumbs as well. Okay. We've come to the end of a lovely informative program. Just Rahima, Jazakala for joining us. Coming all the way from Germiston, Israel, sharing the lovely recipe, taking us through your cooking journey as well. Merza Grant, your Afia. Continue Grant, your Baraka and success in all your endeavors and happy cooking journeys always. And you have a lovely Ramadan as well and a safe trip back home. And uh, a few words you want to say to your family or to the listeners out there, Rahima? Well, actually, uh, Jazakallah so much for having me, and I really enjoyed being here with such amazing people. The one thing that I would say for people being in the kitchen, uh, you should always double check, always ask as many questions as possible, and please don't enter the kitchen being angry because you're likely to make a lot of mistakes, and who knows, you might just burn the kitchen down. Oh, don't do that. Also, I just want to touch on the breadcrumbs. If uh, by any chance you're unable to make the breadcrumbs, this is a good hack. I also tried, you can, if you have Rice Krispies, you can liquidize it or crush it and you can use it on whatever you want and it doesn't alter the taste. Rice Krispies. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you've learned something new, I've definitely learned something new today. And Zakia as well as well. Well, Zakia to our our producer Mumtaz for getting all the lovely guests. You Zakia and you Rahima as well. Safe trip back home again. Inshallah, next week with a lovely guest, a lovely topic from me, Amara, and Zakia and Rahima. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.